Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Monday, September 27th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. As more states approve medical or recreational marijuana, local utilities can face a new challenge. These growers are, are using as much power as a small city. We'll examine how some rural electric and water managers are handling a marijuana boom in just a few minutes. St. Louis County Executive Sam Page has unveiled a new mask mandate for county residents. It essentially replaces a previous measure, which is prevented from being enforced by a court order. Page says this mandate should hold up. The judge has given us direction that rather than extending the previous order, the proper pathway forward in the eyes of the circuit court is to issue a new order. And that's what we'll do. The mandate issued in July called for people five years and above in St. Louis County to wear a mask indoors and on public transportation, even if they had been vaccinated. Page says wearing a mask and getting a vaccination shot is essential to battling coronavirus, adding, quote, defying common sense makes no sense and comes at the expense of those who are at risk of becoming seriously ill or dying from this virus. Officials at Scott Air Force Base are working to convince some COVID-19 vaccination holdouts, even though it's been nearly a month since the military mandated shots for all service members. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt reports. Overall, the vaccine mandate for the military received a positive reaction on base, says Major Misty Roomsburg. She's a nurse at Scott and the base's spokeswoman for its vaccination efforts. Roomsburg says officials are now focused on engaging with the concerns some airmen may have with the vaccine. We have some with just fear, some with some apprehension and wanting to ask a lot of those questions to verify and clarify all the information before they, you know, they make that jump to get the vaccine. Roomsburg says they're offering airmen many opportunities to speak with medical providers instead of forcing shots. She adds the majority of people at Scott are vaccinated. The Department of Defense hasn't set a timeline for when all service members must get their shots. I'm Eric Schmidt, St. Louis Public Radio. Illinois is preparing to welcome at least 860 Afghan refugees as soon as the middle of October, igniting a scramble among organizations assisting new arrivals. Caroline Kabzanski reports. Afghans arriving in Illinois are just a fraction of the thousands who left their homes fearing the worst after the U.S. military departure and takeover by the Taliban. Lisa Wilson is the executive director of the Refugee Center, based in Champaign-Urbana. The center is expecting to assist at least 10 families arriving in the area. This volume of new arrivals is unusually high, so Wilson says they'll need some help. We are going to be asking our community um, to participate by offering to volunteer, perhaps for transportation, perhaps um, to um, escort people to appointments. Most of the refugees will be resettled in the Chicago area. I'm Caroline Kamzanski. A new program in the Metro East is providing free in-house spay and neuter services for pets. Gateway Pet Guardians launched the initiative to help reduce the growing number of unwanted pets going into already packed shelters. The organization's community director, Jill Hankey, says the program is an opportunity to help pet owners. It really allows us to connect uh, with pet lovers in our community that really love their pet and want to take good care of them. But sometimes, you know, uh, getting their pet spay neutered or vaccinated or microchipped is out of reach simply because of cost constraints or transportation issues. 
Hankey says the goal is to spay and neuter 500 Metro East pets by the end of the year. A new home for soybeans could be on the golf course. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports on efforts to use the crop to make golf balls. The Missouri Soybean Association is funding researchers at Pittsburgh State University in Kansas who are working to see if they can replace the oil-based plastics that go into making golf balls with materials made from soybean oil. Ram Gupta is leading the effort. He says they have made a lot of progress in a short time. We are able to make a polymer which is as hard as outer layer of the golf ball, which is a great success so far in few months. Gupta says they are now working on ways to make the inside of the golf ball also using soybean byproducts. They will test them with the hopes that they will perform as well off the tee as the balls they're looking to replace. In Rala, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. As more states approve medical or recreational marijuana, they have to figure out how to regulate production. In Oklahoma, nearly 10% of the population has a medical marijuana card. That is causing a boom in growers throughout the state. As Harvest Public Media's Seth Bodine reports, the demand for water and electricity is straining some rural utilities. Inside a big metal building outside Stillwater, Oklahoma, Adam Miller fills up a big tank of water. Miller is the head grower of the marijuana business Iris Farms where he's responsible for caring for about 5,000 growing cannabis plants. That takes lights, fans, and water. He says his electric bill can be up to $3,000 a month. But his water bill? It's pretty low, only about $40 a month. Miller says that's different from growing outdoors. I'm watering individual plants, uh, you know, half gallon of water at a time, and they're irrigating a field and the space between the rows and everything else is absorbing all that water, so they just got to use a lot of it. Over the past nine months, eight cannabis growers have moved to Hughes County. As Sheldon Tatum drives his truck on a dirt road, he stops and points out what may be a new outdoor farm. I don't know. I'm not going to get out there and climb over the gate. Tatum is a rural water district manager. He provides water to all residents in his surface area. But there is one thing he's sure of. Some farms take a lot of water. I had one last month that was 223,000 gallons. Tatum worries the recent increase in water use will cause breaks in the old piping, which would add to utility bills. We've got water systems that were built 50, 60 years ago being asked to perform to standards today that are just outside of its capacity. Since Oklahomans approved medical marijuana in 2018, The number of licensed cannabis growers has exploded to more than 8,000 to meet the state's demand. For Tom Whitaker, a water district manager in Winniewood, Oklahoma, meeting growers' demands for water comes down to resources. Based on on the numbers that I'm seeing, uh, I will run out of water. Whitaker says he's sold 40 million gallons of water so far this year. He expects that'll double which is dangerously close to the amount of water the state's resources board has given them, which is why he's cutting people off at 10,000 gallons a month. Because if I start pumping over pumping, I start robbing from my neighbor over here, and then he don't have any water, and then pretty soon nobody has water, and that's, that's our challenge. Cannabis does take water to grow, 
But Chris Dillis, a researcher at UC Berkeley, says the plant isn't thirstier than other irrigated crops. When cannabis is grown in areas that are more home to traditional agriculture, it's really not all that different from other crops in terms of water requirements. But it's not just water. These growers are are using as much power as a small city. That's Logan Pleasant, the director of operations at Lake Region Electric Cooperative. He says there's more than 100 growers that use their electric system. If this keeps up, Pleasant says the co-op will have to buy new substations and even install new power lines. That would cost thousands of dollars, and the price tag would be shared by each member of the co-op. But if the marijuana boom turns into a bus, that could be a problem. Many of these locations will either close up shop or they will scale back significantly if the market wanes. And that's a very real possibility. John Hudak is a senior fellow at the Brookings Institution who studies marijuana policy. There are far too many growers, there are far too many dispensaries in that state for the number of patients um, uh, that that there are. The Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority doesn't regulate how much water and electricity growers use. But a spokesperson says it plans to work closely with municipalities and agencies like Oklahoma's water and energy boards on finding solutions. In the meantime, local utility managers will have to make hard decisions about what they do with limited resources and growing demand. Seth Bodine, Harvest Public Media. Harvest Public Media reports on rural and agricultural issues throughout the Midwest. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.